Christian Vineyard. Good morning. I just blew up the earphones of the worship team. I'm sorry. Uh, my name is John Arelli. I'm one of the pastors here. It's an honor to be with you uh, this Sunday. Uh, you know, Sunday to Sunday, we have this opportunity to come and worship, and so we're just so thankful that you decided to take this hour out and just be present with the Lord and, and in community. And so uh, for those of you who are online this, welcome, uh, uh, this morning, welcome to you as well. We're really glad you're here. Uh, we have a simple liturgy here at Mission Vineyard, and so you can take whatever posture you want, but I'm standing, and, I, and so for those of you who are able to stand, I, I welcome you to stand with me this morning. Uh, it's a posture of, of just openness, of opening our heart to what God would have uh, to do in our hearts. It's, uh, our, our mission is to welcome Jesus into all of life. And so uh, a simple liturgy, it's all around the vineyard and every vineyard church you go to is just come Holy Spirit. And so I'm just opening up the, my hands this morning as a posture of like welcome, that the door of my heart is open, Lord Jesus. And I just say, come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Our mission, Lord, here at this church is to welcome you into all of life. And so, God, at this hour as we worship, whatever posture we have, some of us may be sitting down, standing up, whatever, uh, that we would be open to you and what you have us to do, that you would speak to us. God, we welcome you into all of life this morning. Let's worship together. Good morning. We're introducing a new song this morning that's actually an old song, but it's called Your Love Never Fails. And I really love this song because the bridge says, you make all things work together for my good. And no matter what season we're in and, and what it looks like and what it feels like, we can hold on to that promise that he makes all things work together for our good. So this morning, that's kind of what this set is reiterating, that he's an amazing God and that we can rely on him to work all things together for our good.
work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. One more time. Darkness, my God, the 
working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop never stop working never stop never stop working even when doing something in them this morning. I think that there's something going on. I want to make sure we pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's doing. So let's just take a moment. There's places that Waymaker song was, there's, there's some of you that are feeling like I am stuck. There's no way out, but God's doing something. So let's just stay in that for just a second. Come Holy Spirit. We just welcome you into that space. Your Waymaker. Even when I don't feel like you're working, you're working, God. Come Holy Spirit right there. to you, God. We know that the less we do, the more you can. Sometimes we just, we stop our striving. Even in our hearts and our minds, we stop. There's some of you that just like extending those hands again is just a prophetic movement of just saying, there's, God, this is something I know I can't do. And so I let you take care of it. I believe that you can. Even if I can't see anything happening, I believe you can. In fact, I say that you are, God. I trust right now today, you are doing things I can't see. Thank you, God, so much. Sorry, I'm interrupting, like, the set and everything that's going on. I just thank you, Destiny, for the freedom. Thanks for picking these prophetic songs so we can continue. 
could sing that one last time, Waymaker. Cause you are Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You darkness my god that is who you are even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when i don't see it you're working even feel it you're working you never stop never stop working never stop never stop working it might be a little awkward but i'm just gonna pause for a second see if i can hear this communion service this morning. God is so present and so powerful in this place. Our communion is for any person who has ever believed in or trusted in the name of Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, alone for his or her salvation. And this is also a wonderful time to examine ourselves and to look at ourselves opportunity to give everything to Jesus. All those things that are hindrances to us, everything that is we can lay down now. David said, people cannot see their own mistakes. So don't let me commit secret sins. Don't let me do what I know is Don't let sin control me. If you help me, I can. I can be pure. I can be free from my sin. May my words and thoughts please you. 
Lord, you are my rock, the one who rescues me. Amen? Amen. Luke 22, verses 14 through 20. And when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. And he took some bread and he gave thanks for it. He gave thanks to God for that bread. And then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine. And he said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So as we prepare to receive this communion, you take your, your emblem, your bread. Father, we thank you so much for your body, Lord. We thank you with all that we have to give thanks, Lord, to you for this sacrifice of your body. Take and eat remembrance of Jesus. Now you can prepare your your cup of juice. So Father, we remember, Lord, your blood poured out for us. And we thank you, oh my God, bringing us to this place where we can remember, Lord, what that means to us now in this world, in this place. And so, Father, let us drink this together as remembrance of the blood that was shed for our sins. Thank you, Danny, and thank you, worship team, for bringing us into a place of worship. Um, We're going to continue our worship service um, with announcements. Um, It may not seem like an obvious next step, um, but it is a great place to welcome you into our community, and we do that in many different ways here. So my name is Arlita Arelli, and I am really glad that you're here with us this morning, um, in person and online. Um, have a couple of quick announcements. The first is if you are new visiting, um, we would love to give you this little gift. We have a couple on the back table. Um, Inside has information about our church, 
as well as information about our small groups and what we call a mana bag. So as we're out and about driving around the city, we often encounter people that are in need of a food item or water, um, socks, um, a mint, anything like that. And we have these bags because often we don't carry cash and we still want to bless the people that we're coming in contact with as we drive about the city. And we do have spare ones, so if you are interested at all in just having a mana bag, please let me know. Um, you don't need the whole bag if you, if you don't want to. But there's also a card in there, a connect card, a way for us to add you to our weekly newsletter and find out more information about the church. So speaking about our church and community, um, we are, are a church of small groups. We live all over the city. Um, some people even live outside of the city. And the best way to connect um, outside of Sunday mornings is through our small groups. We have groups that meet online, in person, once a month, weekly, um, pretty much everything. And as the weather continues to start cooling, we'll probably start having more groups added. So check out smallgroups.missionvineyard.org. Um, for up-to-date details there, um, but I'm going to highlight a couple this morning. They are our monthly small groups. Um, this evening, three, well, afternoon, three to, from 3 to 5, Destiny and James Forward are host our monthly worship circle. Um, you do not need to have any musical talent or ability, but a desire to worship. Um, and so they host that at their home. You can contact their back there. Uh, Destiny is our worship leader, and James does all of our sound stuff. Um, but there are the hosts, and you can ask them more questions and their address. And then we have our men's monthly men's gathering this coming Saturday night. Um, I believe it's going to be at Herschel Rosser's house. Um, but there's food and fellowship and uh, fun, all the Fs. But it's a great time to kind of get to know other men in the church and grow in your faith. And, um, and also have some good laughs and good food together. So I'm going to pray for the rest of our service and then invite John up. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, Lord, for all of the blessings you give us, those that we can see and those that we can't see, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, as people give, um, whether in person or online, um, that you would put it towards your kingdom work, Lord. And I am, I am invite you to continue to move in and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Arlita. I like when Arlita does announcements because she's my wife and it's just, just a different. I like all of our announcement team, but she's my favorite. <laughs> I think the rest of the announcement team is okay with that. Good morning. We are continuing this morning in a series on forgiveness. And in forgiveness, looking for what it means in these uh, tumultuous times to find peace. Uh, finding peace in times of uncertainty. So if you didn't realize, we are in a time of uncertainty. Uh, we've been living not being able to plan much of the future. How many of you had family reunions and all that kind of stuff that you wanted to do, but you just have not been able to do? Because who knew what the requirements would be? And I know some, some friends have wanted to see family across the ocean, and there's been a lot going on. So uh, in the midst of that uncertainty, what do we do? What do we do? Today we're going to be for, uh, focusing on forgiveness, and specifically forgiveness among family. Now, some of you in your family relationships, you're doing great. There is, you don't have anything against any of your family members. When you think of every single family member you have, all that comes to you is a sense of joy and peace and wishing that you could just be with them all the time. Some of you in your family relationships, for some of those family relationships, you think, man, I just wish things were better. I wish we could be closer. I wish there wasn't things in between us. For some of you, some of your family members, you're thinking, man, I wish I would never see them again. 
I wish that I didn't have to think about them ever again. And for some of you, it's even more significant. That person hurt me so much. You don't want to ever think about them ever again. So why talk about forgiveness? And, and why talk about the peace that comes from forgiveness when those significant things are happening? Family differences are not born out of nothing. They're born out of hurt. You've really been hurt if you have some family conflicts. Otherwise, you'd still be chatting, everything would be fine. No, there was an actual hurt. There's something that actually happened. But in our society, we have a really hard time dealing with those kinds of hurts. We deal more on the scales of finances. And last week, we talked about what it means to deal with a debt of love. We're connecting those financial terms and the spiritual terms, the the forgiveness with that which we really do understand, which is money, right? We know when somebody hasn't paid us for our work. Oh, no, you're going to pay me for my work. We had to enter into contracts that say, I will work these many hours if you pay me this much. This is the normal system of how we live in this Western democracy that I'm really thankful of its stability and all that. But when it comes to interpersonal relationships, when somebody doesn't pay you the love that you're owed, we don't know what to do with that. And we end up with a significant thing called a debt of love. And as much as we can forgive one another and pay back that debt of love, actually, the hurt that was done in the first place can't actually be recovered by the other person. I wish that we could just go back and forth to one another and say, you know what, I know I did, I did something wrong. I, I didn't mean to do it, and I'm sorry. Now you feel better, don't you? all done. No, it takes time. It takes healing. And I think it takes even more than that. We go back to what I I like to think of as the federal reserve of love, the kingdom of God. We go back there and we say, hey, there's an unpaid debt. And although it's forgiven, I need you to pay back what was lost. And Jesus, the king of the kingdom says, I got you covered. The debt's forgiven. Love is bestowed. And as he gives that authority, he challenges us to live in that authority. So as Jesus dies, he dies on the cross. One of the most favorite ways that Jesus, we remember Jesus dying is saying, forgive them, Lord. For what? They don't know what they were doing. In the King James, they know not what they do. He dies. He's entombed. The Holy Spirit raises Jesus' body from the dead. He has this new amazing body, redeemed body. He leaves the tomb. He sees the early disciples again as a resurrected Jesus. And in John, we see this. We're going to come back to this every week. John chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Peace, said the man that was just crucified Don't you wish you could be like Jesus, wounded by people, killed without a reason? Peace! And he says this to the disciples, peace, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Disciples, you've got work to do that you didn't know that you had to do. I'm giving you a new job description. I'm upgrading you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. You come into my work now. And then he breathed on them, 
filling them with the Holy Spirit, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. You need this. Because I'm giving you a new job that you can't handle on your own. It's called forgiveness. Receive the Holy Spirit. Watch this. If anyone's sins, if you forgive them, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. I want you to just, you ever flex before? I want you to just flex for just a minute. Because there's a power that we need to talk about here. There's some of this authority. No, let's feel it. You ever tell kids to flex and they go, that's the way I feel like when God gives us that gift of forgiveness. Like we don't really know what the strength is like. So like when God says, receive it, we go, we don't know how to look. Kids don't know how to do this. It's, it's okay. But let's do that. Let's, let's flex your smooth. Because God's giving us something so powerful and so uncomfortable that we need to realize just how powerful it is. God says, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. Even the family members that hurt you, they are forgiven. If you want to be free, if you want to think about your family members, the ones that, are, that have hurt you especially, and always have a smile on your face when you think of them. Think about that. Every family member you've ever had anything against, any conflict, every time you've walked on eggshells, instead of thinking about that, if you forgive them, they are forgiven. That's powerful. And then the second half of the verse is just as powerful. We need to read it just as consciously. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. And I think in those family relationships where we know there's conflict, I want you to feel what's going on there. That there's still some power of forgiveness that's needed. There's still some not forgiven that's still living in the background of our lives that needs to be dealt with. My hope today that as we talk about this very, very difficult thing called forgiveness, especially with family, as we lean into the scriptures, as we try to hear from Jesus, as we think about the real conflicts that are going on in family and the real offenses, that the forgiveness that God gives us, that strength, that power that he gives us becomes more real than the offenses. That that forgiveness sets us more free than the background noise of the broken relationships. My hope is that today as we talk about family and forgiveness, that any unpaid forgiveness, any debts of love going on in your family, get paid for today by Jesus and his kingdom. Those birds singing in the background, man, there's going to be some sweetness today. It reminds me of a Disney movie, like God's going to color the situation in a really pretty way. I look forward to the kingdom of God coming today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, more than my words, we ask for your spirit to come and just uh, empower us with this forgiveness, especially in those most intimate spaces of our lives, our family relationships. Would you set us free today? Would you give us an equipping? Would you breathe on us by your Holy Spirit so that when we forgive, it's forgiven? Let it be, Lord, today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
In preparing for the sermon, I've done a lot of research. I've read a lot of books. I've been contemplating a lot of this. There's many, many studies. And uh, gosh, I found something out this week. Did you know this? The studies say this, and the books say this, that your family isn't perfect. Did you know that? It's not. Welcome. Welcome, all of you. Your family's not perfect. It's not. And parents, oh gosh, parents, all the studies say that you didn't parent perfectly either. You couldn't. You were raised by unperfect parents too. We're all in the same boat. I know some of you love your parents, and boy, they are like, they might as well be in heaven already because they were so, some of them are, and you just think of them as saints. And yet, we have to admit that because of our humanity, that we haven't done a perfect job, and neither did our parents. So here we are. What do we do with that? Well, some of us, we go into these moments of thinking, man, my parents, they ruined me. We have to take a minute with that and go, not only were they not perfect, I blame them for who I am. That's a really hard space. What about those that you think, no, my parents are freaking fantastic. They're amazing. They're blameless. They've done nothing wrong. How, John, how could you say that my growing up was flawed in any way? Well, we have to admit that there are some times that maybe they should have said, I'm proud of you instead of I love you, or vice versa. Maybe there's some equipping that they could have given you, but they just didn't know how. It's not negative. It's not... It's not horrible, but it's just a moment that we need to realize and take with some humility that we're flawed. Marriages are complicated. Marriages are hard, especially in this society where when we grow up and we think, what am I, can I do with my life? I'm going to make money. I'm going to have accomplishments. I'm going to have success. David Brooks, he's a writer for many different books, but one in particular is called The Second Mountain. And he's talking about how marriages have changed over the last hundred years. He talks about the difference between uh, fusion that can happen. As the scripture talks about where a man and woman, they leave their parents and they come together and they become one. How that oneness hasn't become the priority anymore. That fusion hasn't been what people look for in a marriage. Instead, they look for alliances. You see, because today, more than ever in our society, as a man or a woman, you don't necessarily need to be married to be a success, do you? In history, there's been much more necessity for marriages for the sake of uh, finances and the rights of women and all that. But today, you can be a success and not be married. No problem. So what's the purpose of marriage? Well, instead of it being the cornerstone, David Brooks says, it's just become a capstone. Well, I've got all my money. I've got all my accomplishment. I'm doing the right job. And now I can get married. And that will be the alliance of our superpowers. We've both gotten successful. And now we will be a super couple. And that gives us the right to raise super children. Parents, I know you've been there like, oh, we're going to do this. And we're going to be so much better than our parents. We're awesome. And so our kids are going to be raised perfectly. And then they grow up. And they become adolescents, and they challenge every way you thought it was going to be awesome to raise them. This is the blessing of family, right? But it's also very difficult because that's when conflict arises. And all of a sudden you go, 
oh, I'm flawed. In our curiosity, we go to those places of conflict. We go, Lord, what's going on? I didn't realize that my child wouldn't follow everything that I said. I'm a Christian. I'm living a Christian life and raising a Christian child in a Christian home. This should have been taken care of. And all of a sudden, the conflicts arise and you go, oh, but I'm still flawed. I have children. And uh, one of them gave me the opportunity to see my, my flaws the other day. And uh, I, I didn't realize, I thought I was a really kind parent. And I was just, I was making a bit of a hard statement like, hey, you interrupted me. And then because I'm really afraid of my kids not liking me, I tried to joke it off like, you know, like when you interrupt and I, I kept on going and it was, I thought I was making it easy. And for them, I was nailing the coffin of injustice of like, it, I was, it was like a passive aggressive harshness. And they called me out on it. And I felt like, one, super proud of them. Like, how are you articulating that I'm being passive aggressive in these statements? But on the other side, just super humbled, like, oh, I didn't realize how flawed I am. And so, although it felt like a punch in the gut, I had to say, I'm sorry. And then I had to wait for like a couple of hours for that to wear off. Does anybody, anybody feel that when you say I'm sorry and you're like, I know I had to say I'm sorry, but I'm not okay with this. And I need to, I'm going to need to deal with this for an hour or two or a day or two, a week or two. Families are beautiful places where we get to see our flaws but they're also so intimate that those conflicts, when they arise, they can become the most hurtful. Especially in marriages, man, when you met your spouse, didn't they just like, they, they were amazing, right? And then, I, I'm going to read this from Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. I think he just does a great job of articulating it. First, the person seems completely wonderful and mostly perfect, Right? Then, after a little while, maybe a month or two, maybe a year or two, you realize that that person that you thought was so wonderful is actually imperfect, selfish, and flawed in many ways. And as you're discovering this about your spouse, they're making the exact same discovery about you. We thank God for these relationships of intimacy because we get to be really seen for who we are, the good and the bad. But if there's no sense of how we forgive, if we don't realize the power of those intimate spaces for how we can be wounded, then it's very difficult to walk through them with any kind of strength. A lot of marriages, we see the difficulties that happen, but we don't have a place for forgiveness. And so it just ends up being a mutual punching bag scenario. You're wrong, and you're annoying, and I can't believe you sound like that. And man, you snore like, I don't know, a chainsaw. And instead of having places for forgiveness, we just kind of live with woundings. Woundings upon woundings upon woundings. I'm, I'm really thankful for Jesus. I'm really, really thankful for Jesus. I grew up in a, in a Christian home, 
great parents, and yet I still grew up with woundings. And one of those woundings is just looking for that approval everywhere I go. I'm so thankful that as my wife and I, we got closer in our dating relationship, she was able to show me who she was. And she said, you know, I'll know Jesus before you and I'll know Jesus after you. So you can do whatever you want. That place of intimacy showed a vulnerability in me that said, I need Jesus more than I need people. I need him to forgive me and show me who I am. I need him to identify me. But in order for that to happen, I need to go to him. Families are so difficult to find identity because we grow up and you're part of my family and our last names are all entrenched and and meshed together. And so what does it mean for us to forgive family if we're so entrenched and enmeshed? Going to Jesus is that first step of saying, Lord, I want to be identified by you first and your forgiveness in my life. Part of the first work that we do in forgiveness is going to Jesus and saying, I want you to forgive me. And when those family relationships bring up our vulnerabilities, we go, God, I want to be curious about this. They could be wrong, but I want to be curious about this and go to you and ask for your forgiveness in my life. And all of a sudden, through that forgiveness, God gives us an identity that's unique and special and beautiful. And it could be in the midst of our families, but it allows us to be separate and whole without our family. And when we are separate and whole, then we can look at our other family members, and instead of feeling like I'm connected with you, good or bad, in such a way that I have to whitewash anything that you've ever done to me, or I have to see you as the enemy for the rest of my life, or everything's fine, and we're just going to walk on eggshells. No, instead, I get to go to you and say, and I forgive you too, because God has made me whole. And in his power and by his spirit, I get to say, and you're forgiven. As a separate and safe individual in the midst of family, I get to say, I love you and you're forgiven. Thankfully, the early church was really good at following Jesus. And and among the church, they tried to practice this. But I think it's critical for our families. This is Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul writes to this church in Turkey, and he's he's trying to to show them exactly what Jesus meant by this declaration, this command to forgive. And if you you forgive, it's forgiven. And the the power of the Spirit that's necessary in these places, you can imagine this church, who knows what's going on, but you know that this forgiveness is so needed, that people are growing up with woundings that need healing, and can only come from Jesus. Paul says this to the church, he says, since God chose you, Since he came to you, just like he came to the disciples, since he breathed on you with this Holy Spirit, since he said, I'm calling you into the same service that I had, the same relationship with the Father that I have, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience, Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You see, there's a gift in that separation of that identity that God gives us through our forgiveness and says, hey, you're forgiven. I love you. You're my son. You have identity. You're free and clear. I love you. There's a blessing in that that we get to have. But then we're blessed to bless others 
Paul says, if you have been forgiven, you must forgive others. This is your commission as forgiven, clear identity, uh, given uh, blessing of children from God. You must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. This last sentence is not just an add-on. And by the way, always be thankful. I don't know if you've ever realized this, but being thankful is a sign of forgiveness. We're going to have a whole series on gratitude as we head into Thanksgiving before Christmas. But I think before that, we need to talk about forgiveness. Because gratitude is a sign of forgiveness. The fullness of being thankful, the authenticity of it, comes from a place of forgiveness. If you're like me at all, you've been wounded, and you probably have been wounded by a family member, and maybe that's been forgiven, maybe it's been whitewashed, maybe you just walk on eggshells through it. But we get to be set free in such a way to be thankful. For me, the wounding has meant that I have a really hard time being thankful. I go to places of negativity bias. When I look at the world and I look at the news, instead of looking to Jesus for what he can do in the world, I go negative. I expect that the rug might be pulled out for me, just like it might have been pulled out in the past. You see what Paul's doing here? Make allowance for each other's faults. So fully accept any wounding that's been given to you in the family. Fully accept that someone has wronged you. And this may sound harsh, but it is a work of God. Fully accept that there's a debt of love that needs to be repaid. Why? Because then we get to fully accept that the power of God pays those debts in full. Unless we fully accept the wrong, we can't fully announce forgiveness. We do this in the church sometimes in the wrong way too. So we say, now, I know this person wronged you, but that was just the devil. Well, okay, the devil's involved. He wants us dead. I get that. But we also have to fully announce that a person made a decision or did something even by accident that wounded us so we can fully announce God's forgiveness. That's our job. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we announce that people are free. We make allowance for the fault and we forgive any offense. Why? Because the Lord forgave us. And the more we forgive, the more that we are free. The more that we forgive, the more that others are free. I want my family, my family that, uh, with my wife and my children, my family that I was raised from, I want them to be completely free. It may seem contradictory, but that means I have to accept the faults that were done so I can fully forgive them and set them free. 
Families are meant to live in peace, but it takes work. It means accepting those debts of love and announcing freedom and forgiveness. Some friends, Jim Harrington and Trisha Taylor, they write this book called Leader's Journey. And out of that Colossians passage, I believe, that they, they give some very practical steps for what it means to live in peace and family and forgiveness in family. It means accepting the challenge of changing ourselves as we relate to the family. We go to Jesus for our forgiveness instead of going to the family and expecting them to fix us and pay back all the love. We go to Jesus for that without taking on the impossible task of trying to change the family. We let our own thinking be known in the family without trying to force the family to adopt it. So we can enter back into family systems that may not have accepted forgiveness with our own forgiveness and freedom and be okay that there's tension. We pay attention to our own past contributions to our family situation as well as, uh, as to our own current choices. So there may be places that we need to ask for forgiveness too. Just because God's forgiven us doesn't mean that we, we haven't yet done the work in our own families. We avoid relating to the family as a priest or therapist, but only as ourselves. We are not supermen that are free and forgiven and everybody else is wrong. No, we're wounded healers in our families. And forgiveness only sets us free to be more free in the family. And we accept that this is the family that we have instead of struggling against that reality. We live in our families, we accept that, and then by the power of Jesus, we accept that forgiveness can heal whatever relationships are broken in the family. In order to do this, we need to do some kingdom business. We need to go to the resources of the kingdom of God in order for love and forgiveness from the king to breathe over and bathe over our family lives. So every week, we're going to come back to doing kingdom business and these These simple steps that allow us to both enter into forgiveness and also declare forgiveness on family. And so, uh, before we go into this time, I want to just open up in Holy Spirit. I know that there are some significant woundings in this room from family members. And there are some that that just feel completely free in their family relationships. God, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come that you would breathe on us, that in any memory that's come up, in any wounding that we feel like might be impossible to forgive, any freedom that's not yet there, I ask, Lord, in this time, as we say words that may be difficult, that your spirit would come and do the work of the power of the forgiveness as we voice it out loud. We want to be free, God. We want our families to be free. Would you come and rule in us? So first, forgiving those who have wounded us. God, we forgive anyone who's ever had a debt of love in our lives. Where someone should have loved us in a certain way, God, that should have paid back that love, we forgive them for anything they knew they did or didn't know that they did. Lord, we realize that we haven't been perfect either. God, we thank you for our families that in in those conflicts, uh, those those places of need, 
those flaws come to the surface, God, we ask for your forgiveness for any ways that we have wounded anybody else. We confess and repent of our own sin. We fully accept the debt of love that that wasn't paid back at that time. God, we break any false alliances and covenants. Uh, God, if there was anybody in our lives, especially family relationships, this can be so difficult. I know that there's some that have received words like, I wish you were never born. Or words of vows like, "Uh, uh, I'll never forgive you. God, we come against those vows right now and we break them in the name of Jesus. We break those false alliances with death. We break the false alliances with uh, unforgiveness. We declare, God, that our lives have purpose because of your forgiveness on our lives. And we declare, Lord, that forgiveness can be made because of your power of forgiveness. And we release anybody else and any other false alliances. We renounce any false beliefs about ourselves. God, for whatever was said against us, whatever debt of love created whatever wound, instead of that, God, we exchange it for the truth that we are loved by you and we are worthy of love. God, we believe that you are worthy of love as well. And we give ourselves to you again as, as the one who can and, and will lead us through forgiveness. And we cast away any other alliances that we've made. God, if we've gone to any, anything else, whether it be drugs or alcohol or sex or anything else, God, we break those alliances that say that that's going to make me feel better. And instead, Lord, we go to you with our woundings and we ask for you to forgive and heal those places of our brokenness. We want to be set free, God, and we want to live in peace with our family, even if it's just in our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit, as that work is being done. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. There are more things to pray about this morning, and uh, we have a ministry team available for you in the corner here. Uh, Would you stand with me? I I just feel like there's a a, a bit of ministry that God still wants to do with us. Before the service today, there were people praying for you, and as they were praying, there were some specific ways that they felt like God wanted to bless you this morning. Someone that needs to hear, ask, and you will receive. Someone that's having a problem with their wrist. Someone that needs to hear, fear not, I will comfort you. Someone dealing with anxiety. Someone who had a dream about a baby. Someone's left shoulder. These are places where our church risks into hearing from God. Because if we can't hear God, it's very difficult to live with his voice and peace and his power. So this morning, I want to ask you, if you have any connections with these words, or if you have any other physical, emotional, or spiritual need, these teams are available for you this morning to pray for you. I want to allow for just a time of worship to let our hearts kind of settle a little bit, to deal with God, to worship. And then after this song, I'll come back and and bless you all. fathers here on earth, but if you would join in affirming that he is our good father, whether we even know what that looks like right now, whether we feel that this is even possible, would you just join me in this? Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I 
God, we thank you for your bigness and your goodness. God, much bigger than any unforgiveness that's out there, much bigger than any other wound that we've been given, much bigger than any debt of love. God, much bigger than any conflict in our family. You are so much bigger, God. So right now, 
we again, we receive the bigness of who you are. Some of you for the first time, and so I want to give a moment just for you to say yes. There's a love that you've always wanted to have to be able to face the world with confidence and identity and forgiveness, but you didn't know how to receive it. I want to lead you to receive it right now. Will you pray with me a simple prayer? Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So in the midst of the bigness of God's love, accepting the bigness of how unforgiveness affects our life and the, and the bigness of what forgiveness can do to set us free, I bless you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I bless you. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, to forgive so that you would be forgiven, that others would be forgiven, and your family would be set free to peace. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Ministry teams are still available. I uh, bless you. Go get your kids. For those of you staying for the lunch for, uh, for new folks, we welcome you. We're going to have that in just a moment after we clean up. Have a great week. Join a small group. We'll see you next week as we talk about forgiveness and friendships.